Hey Val. Hey Al. Welcome to the Deep Commentaries trailer. Welcome to you and welcome to all our potential listeners. We're just two pals re-watching, reviewing, and reliving in the glory days of all Disney Channel original movies. Join us every other Tuesday for games, laughs, and chats about all of the hot dads. Looking forward to having you join us for D-Commentaries, as well as all of the other podcasts here on the Trident Network. Find us wherever you pod. my god hi welcome back to disney adult the podcast where chicago comedians watch and review disney movies through the perspective of adults and this week we are discussing maybe the most iconic disney movie of all time in my opinion at least uh the lion king this is a crowd favorite it is um Maybe one of the most successful. I mean, it, it truly, truly, truly has stood the test of time. I will be joined by two fabulous Chicago comedians, Yasmin Ramos and Felicia McLeod, both members of the legendary, truly, truly legendary Chicago improv troupe, Matt Damon Improv. And we get into it. <laughs> we discuss a lot of things. Uh, in this Lion King, we go deep, we talk about trauma, we talk about representation, we talk about a little bit about everything. So, why don't we, you know what, let's just get right into it. Without further ado, here we go. That, the first way I was like, oh, I like this better. Um, so, how are both of you? Thank you for having us. I think thank you, Felicia. um, All week because you know there's just nothing on the schedule. Hey, there is absolutely nothing on the schedule. (laughs) (laughs) There, there is no point to have a schedule. (laughs) I threw all my scheduling books away because for who? For who? <laughs> Not for me. Uh, Yasmin, how are you? Uh, I'm doing well. Uh, you know, living my life day to day, hanging out with my grandparents today, which was <gasps> oh, really fun. Nice. They haven't come to visit me in Chicago in about five years. So, oh my goodness. Uh, yeah. So I'm excited to like go plant shopping with them and um, eat some chicken. <laughs> I have two questions. Uh, one, where, where are your grandparents like located? So I'm from Illinois, and they're from. Oh, they live in Park Forest, which is about an hour south okay. of here. Um, it's so funny; it's so close, but yet I feel like we're ac- across the country. <laughs> well, the thing about living in a city is like, if something could be five miles away, it could take me fifty minutes to get there. Exactly. Um, yeah. So yeah, and then the other question is, where are you buying flowers? Um, I think it's pronounced Gethsemane. <laughs> That's right, right behind my Clark. apartment. Oh. That is literally. I will see you. Um, <laughs> you see me like waddling we, through the, the aisles. <laughs> when we take our garbage out, it's like across the street from. Oh, uh, that's so fun. Thing. We go there all the time. We never buy anything because we, um, as one of the the attendants there told me, we don't have the correct sun exposure to um, oh. to get anything worth getting. Um, or I shouldn't Absolutely. say worth getting. I I don't love green plants. Like Andy loves green plants, and he loves like dirt. And I'm like, if it doesn't have a like drama to it, I guess <laughs> I don't want oh. anything. And they're like, you need full sun exposure to. 
Mm. Do all that jazz. Um, I thought you were going to say, I don't like green plants. They have to be a little bit of brown. Just a little malnourished. <laughs> just a little bit. So um, thank you both so much for doing this. First, we like to start off with some questions that are ever evolving because we... Um, uh, we change everything as soon as something doesn't work or whatever. What What's your favorite Disney movie? Alicia. Okay. Uh, mine's a mixture. I think my favorites are Pocahontas and Mulan. <sighs> that is pretty on brand with mm. with a lot of the answers we've received. And I used to think Lion King. Oh. I hope that changed when you rewatched it today. Yes. <laughs> I hope you I hope you saw some loopholes and you're like, this doesn't make sense. Everybody needs to calm down twenty years of Yasmin. See, here's the thing. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, I know I should in theory say Pocahontas or Mulan, but I absolutely love Little Mermaid. Um, and That's it's a- because there's a specific line in one of her songs where she goes, um, you know, look at this stuff. Isn't it neat? What, what's, what's the title? Part of your world. Part of your something. world. And yes. And she's like, I'm sick of swimming ready to stand, like talking about like women. Mm-hmm. She's just like, um, I bet up there they don't like you know, uh, yell at the daughters, oh, or punish yeah. the daughters, or something like mm-hmm. that. And I mean, they do, but uh, yeah. but yeah, she's just like she was like, I'm ready to stand. And ironically, she had to get her voice taken taken away. Yeah. So I think I like to think of it as deeper than kind of like she lost her voice for a bye, and more mm-hmm. of like um, this is satire on like yeah, women's voices get taken away for the sake of a freaking like you know, a man and uh, 1 million percent. Yeah. And so I look at it in that way. And plus like always wanted to be a mermaid. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes it is. So like it's both, both. Yeah. Uh, my favorite was um, Pocahontas was my favorite for a long time, but similar because of the music. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there are some themes in this music that are so like, yeah. um, I don't know. So universal and also so, so much more mature than, the rest of the movie um or like yeah, a movie for kids i guess um and then also my favorite though is the hunchback of notre dame and it is because it is dark you know what it a lot dark. of the, a lot of disney movies are dark they really are that's um <laughs> it, we, when we get to the very end we start asking some of the questions so at the very end we have a, a segment called how disney is it and we originally started with um just some generic questions that we thought would appear in every disney movie and then after each episode somebody brings something up and we're like oh that's funnier i'm gonna remove one of the other questions and we'll do that uh but it gets dark at the end um so you guys watched this i'm sure you both have seen lion king when you were um you were kids but one did you like it when you were a kid and then how did you feel re-watching it now um here's the thing so i know lion king is like a fan favorite and okay i have trauma built around watching lion king because the first time i saw it was in class at school and i was not prepared for the death of mufasa at all it is yeah as somebody who grew up without a dad not because he died because he left (laughs) um so he died in theory yeah (laughs) dead to me Um, dead to you dead to us dead to everybody in this room okay bye (laughs) um uh, yeah, so like I was just like, oh my god, how devastating for this poor boy. And then Scar like basically blaming, like making Simba assume blame for his father's death was so manipulative. And I was just a wreck the entire time. And I like Ooh. had talked 
uh, toxic masculinity at the age of eight. And so I, I like didn't want to cry in front of people. So I just like put my head down and people were like, what's wrong? Yes, man. Like, <laughs> I have a headache. <laughs> <laughs> this movie's dumb. This is you all are dumb, dumb for like this. <laughs> yeah. Whenever I watched that scene again this morning, I was like, this guy is an asshole like so, so like, you for what have you done yeah that and i think as a <laughs> as a kid i think you just think like oh okay that yeah. makes sense like that's part of his plan and then as an adult i was like laying with the corpse of his father and his uncle comes over to be like i'm gonna tell <laughs> i am gonna tell on you you better run you better get out of here and what's so messed yeah. up is at first he's like oh no don't worry mistakes happen but you did this <laughs> you killed him and so like Simba like had a change of heart he's like wait I thought you were gonna pick me up and then you were just like wow you slammed me (laughs) yeah Yeah. so re-watching it now I was like I want to talk about Scar I mean maybe we'll get into it later but I'm I'm interested more so in trying to understand Scar I don't feel like um, I guess it's my the empathy I have within me, unfortunately. But I'm like, what is the reason that you did this? Not even just like let Mufasa. You didn't let Mufasa die. You straight up killed, killed the man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you threw him into a pit of uh, yeah. bison. How tragic! What happened? What? Where is the you know disconnect for? Your relationship and I, I was just like mm-hmm. focusing on the relationship between. I was more interested rewatching it as an adult less about like Simba doesn't have a daddy what the hell what does the relationship look like between Scar and Mufasa and let's talk about that because that is the more interesting story to me Mm -hmm. like what is their childhood yeah because they both have the same parents you would think I don't know I I don't know how I don't know I I don't know how lion uh, packs work it feels like Mufasa (laughs) was always the one who was probably praised and Scar was the one who oh yeah Homecoming king. Uh, passed aside, yeah. Quarterback mm-hmm. of the football team. Yeah. yeah. And Scar was like in the art studio after school. Like. Yeah, <laughs> and then photos. something happens. <laughs> his parents do not care about his photography. I'm like, I am a good photographer. I have an eye. Uh, Felicia, how about you? Did you like this movie as a kid? You said it, you thought it was your favorite at one time. As a kid, it was my favorite. I remember watching it and thinking it's so beautiful and like loving the music and being like this is just such a magical movie because I loved animated stuff and I loved animals I had a bunch of stuffed animals and then re-watching it between yesterday and today um, I realize I feel like I've been spoiled with all of the stuff that's been coming out lately so mm-hmm. I realized like how boring it was and it <laughs> kind of blew my mind it kind of blew my mind because it was so important to me and I remember like five years ago if somebody said what animated movie do you love? What Disney? And I'd be like, Lion King, hands down. And now we're watching, I'm like, oh my goodness. I fell asleep yesterday. I had to rewatch it today. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's get right into the plot because, um, uh, one, we always find that, like, as we read through the plot, we feel free to be discursive and, and jump on anything that you thought was, and interrupt me if you feel like we need to talk about something. Um, and also, uh, as I always say on this podcast, I'm reading this directly from Wikipedia. So if something is wrong in Wikipedia, that is not that is not That's the fault of production. That I is not our. Are, I hope there are trolls that were like, "I'm going to change the course." Yeah, of replaced it with like the the plot of um, <laughs> Death Becomes Her or something. 
<laughs> right. Uh, in the Pride Lands of Africa, a pride of lions rules over the animal kingdom from Pride Rock. King Mufasa and Queen Sarabi present their newborn son, Simba, to the gathering animals by Rafiki the Mandrill, the kingdom's shaman and advisor. Um, so essentially it opens with a circle of life, which is, this is my, this was going to be my question. As Andy and I were watching it, we thought, is this the greatest, like, in quotes, the greatest Disney movie of all time? Would people consider this to be like the most successful Disney movie of all time? Do you guys have that perception? As we were watching it, we're like, I don't think anything's made as much money or has been referenced as much as this. But I could be wrong about that. Maybe just because it came out in our childhood. So. I think they got it. It was they got in there pretty early with like capitalism and like mm-hmm. selling us on Lion King being a really good movie. So I think a lot of people have that same thought process I had five years ago, where it's like, yeah, that's one of the best. Yeah, um, but I, I don't think it's the. It it might like gross wise, it might be the best. Yeah. But. I don't think it's the best. Yeah. Yeah. And also, side note, uh, five years ago, Felicia was five years old. So <laughs> that is important to note. That is important to know. Felicia is 10. I was a baby. Yes. And that is uh-huh. 10. And she's more mature now, which is why, you know, these old tricks are not going to work again. <laughs> I think it feels, it feels like Lion King is one of the like most upheld Disney movies because there's a musical. There's a, would you, is it called live action? Film remake i guess yeah yeah that john favreau directed um there's so much around like that centers it like felicia was saying um so maybe that's why it feels that way mm-hmm. um and it's the least picked apart in that it's yeah. pretty straightforward of like yeah you there, there is no rooting for anyone else or like mm-hmm. it's not like simba's like trying to win someone's love it just like kind of naturally happens as well oh, other yeah. than like the love for himself and from his dad um but yeah it's not like boy meets girl girl changes herself for boy (laughs) yeah for real um uh, mufasa shows simba the pride lands and explains to him the responsibility of the kingship and that um essentially explains the circle of life and tells him everything the light touches is your kingdom now when i rewatched this as an adult i was like everything the light touches is your anytime i'm outside (laughs) you were simba wore me out at that point because he's like what about the dark areas i was like bitch he said everything the light touches (laughs) see i i'm on the opposite spectrum where i'm like why not the dark spots (laughs) oh we gotta have it all light also like the shadow too (laughs) does that mean like all you have to do is carry an umbrella and then when you see the king and he tells you something, what was that? That's I guess I'll get to it out. tomorrow. I guess I'll get to it tomorrow. They just have a gazebo. They're like, I'm in. I'm out. I'm out. I only go out at night because he gets on my last nerve. I can't handle him anymore. Um, uh, 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 no sun shining. Hello. Hello. I'm sorry. So sorry. So sorry. It must be so hard to be so powerful and yet so not. Oh. Oh. So then um, what the first thing that he wants to do is he wants to go through um, the minute Mufasa says, "Like, hey, you all the to Felicia's point, light touches everything. Don't go over there. That's the only thing." And what does happen to Simba is like, "That's the only place I want to be." <laughs> Just like a kid, that's the only place I want to be. I can't do that. I'm going. Um, and then he and Nala take. Um, they try to like have an escape route or like go on a little adventure, and they um, and Mufasa will join. Or, or Mufasa has Zazu essentially join them as they go and 
long story short, we get to the next musical number, which is um, Just Can't Wait to Be King. This, for me, all my little gay um, jeans started fluttering when this song came on, and I was like, oh, here we here we go. <laughs> um, and also, as somebody who's been watching so many of these movies back to back, you really see, like, in A Little Mermaid, Under the Sea, you see a lot of references, a lot of similar, like, art direction and similar things. Um, one, how, did you guys, of the two musical numbers, one, did were you impressed by either of them? Did you, um, did they, were they nostalgic in any way, or is there anything else you notice as an adult now that was different? I think the only thing I did that made me laugh was when they were walking on the, like, the log and singing, I just can't wait to be king, and then Mufasa, not Mufasa, um, Simba's Simba. transitioning into, like, being an older man. I saw, like, two seconds it showed his awkward phase, and I just thought that was so <laughs> funny. He looked like short little hair and, like, wasn't quite sure of himself, and I was like, that's funny. I really like that. Yeah. Um, but that's the only, like, no. Was that just wait to be king or Hakuna Matata? Oh, I can't remember, girl. I mean, I think, together, be- <laughs> <laughs> I think you might I think be right, Asman. I think it's Hakuna Matata. Because I have thoughts of that. I want to go back to I Just Can't Wait to Be King because here's the thing. I wanted Scar to do like a jazzy version or not a jazzy version or like some sort of rock version or something yeah. of that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, like a reprise a, or a mirror. Yeah, it's a, a yeah. reprise. Yes. That Is it reprise or reprise? So, reprise? I don't know. I'm so uncultured. Musical people, can you hear me? (laughs) (laughs) Also, uh, whenever Simba does, when they introduce Simba, I did think he was so cute. I was like, oh, these, they like, they like are little puppies almost, even though they're lions, but uh, Nala and Simba. He has great eyebrows. They animate eyebrows onto all of the lions. I did notice that because I noticed that Nala's were thinner and like very 90s eyebrows. They were very much like one string. Almost I like how one. Nala's eyebrows are doing right now. <laughs> Not well. She's got them bladed. <laughs> I wonder if they would update this, like the animated one, because of course they did like a shot for shot remake. But I wonder if they updated it, if those things would change. Like the eyebrows, the uh, female eyebrows would become thicker and so on and so forth. But they should leave it the same. Let's <laughs> be authentic. Honestly, they should do like those 50s, like Cruella DeVille eyebrows. Ooh, yes. They go up into their mains. <laughs> um, oh, also there was a there was another moment where before those two things happen, where um, Mufasa gives Simba a pouncing lesson with Sazu. Yes, and I thought it was a little fucked. I was like, essentially, you're telling your employee, <laughs> like <laughs> in the room, it's like, hey, turn around, my son's gonna practice killing you (laughs) and that after i noticed that i couldn't help but throughout the movie and while i still loved i was like there's a lot of like weird things like oh you were gonna kill me two minutes ago because you're a lion Mm -hmm. oh but it but we cleared it up do you know what i mean yeah i mean zazu should have taken that to hr honestly because (laughs) that sounds like workplace abuse (laughs) yeah honestly zazu strikes me as the hr I think Zazu is HR. Yeah. Zazu yeah. is HR. Not good at it. Marketing. <laughs> Personal assistant. Yeah, and hasn't gotten a raise in years. <laughs> oh no, absolutely not. And then um also we we do I forgot to mention we do meet Scar like early on. We meet him in like the second scene. When you're first introduced to Scar, uh, what were you th- like um I remember as a kid, I did not find him scary at all. I found him like like sassy, I guess, more than anything. 
it felt like he was really poetic when you first met him because he's like um don't turn your back on me and he's like you already did to me brother like every yeah. line was like super poetic i thought it was really cool yeah i thought he was gorgeous like yeah that mane was just so like it fell so nicely mm-hmm. um love the scar look it looks like some like sort of like eyeshadow look yeah <laughs> for <laughs> real <laughs> um yeah i don't know i thought it was beautiful and it should is- be mentioned all three of them as adult male lions have beautiful blowouts beautiful where do they go i have no idea they were like their hair is like has a side part it has uh face framing layers it has like a long fall that comes down they have the rachel (laughs) (laughs) they honestly do i think you can see a little bit of difference in each of them like okay like um simba likes a, a larger uh a larger curler whenever he's blow he's getting his blowout mm-hmm. then you know he maybe scar that. has more tight curls that he then brushes out <laughs> um <laughs> uh, so i noticed all of it um and then so they do they they do the um i just can't wait to be king and then they go to the elephant graveyard where we meet the three hyenas question yeah elephant graveyard explain to me the obsession it is just i guess the one place that the light doesn't touch Oh, because cause I know that he knew that it didn't touch it. And then when Scar was like, that's the elephant graveyard, he was like, oh, elephant graveyard. Oh, you, I'm like, I, what is the deal? So what? <laughs> <laughs> he so wanted like, to go to like the, the shadow area. And then he was like, I can't tell you what's there. And then he's like, I don't want you to see the elephant graveyard. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. yeah. And that's uh, for the uh, rewatching it as an adult. I. I was like, oh, first of all, Scar is fucking manipulative as hell. He was oh, yeah. literally like, you you love to be brave? Well, you know, real brave. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. You shouldn't go there. Whatever you do, do not go there. Don't take the path down Pride Rock around this. <laughs> and see, it, it was... He had a map, yeah. Yeah. Which then, part of me is like, that's so awful. And then the other part of me is Simba. I know Simba's a child, but I'm like, you idiot. Like, don't... Clearly, he he looks crazy. He's like sitting in all these bones under this thing. <laughs> oh, anyway, um, so so there is an obsession of going to Elephant's Grove. They they um, uh, ditch Zazu and Nala, and by the way, he doesn't even tell Nala where she's going, um, but brings her along. They're now they're in the clutches of these three hyenas, whose names are Shenzi, Banzai, and Ed. Um, if I don't identify with Scar, I identify with Ed. <laughs> there was a question that you had, I think you might ask later, on who we would sleep with. Yeah. It was going to be Ed. <laughs> Which one? Honestly? Ed is a himbo for sure. Is, yeah. Who does, who does Whoopi play? Whoopi plays, I want to say... I mean, the only name they really reference during it is Ed. <laughs> and he's like, well, yeah, Ed has real beady eyes and his tongue's always hanging out of his mouth. Hot, yeah. Very much so, yeah. <laughs> oh, I see. Oh, yeah. the one who was like, <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know anything. I don't know anything. Did you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he has like marbles in his mouth. <laughs> I fell in love with him. I was like, okay. I love uh, Disney, Disney uh, or cartoon or animation do this in general with their stories when they have a group of three things like the penguins in Madagascar are yeah. so hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> what I wanted to say about hyenas is they're actually a matriarchal society, sort of like elephants. is that true? And, and males, wow. yeah, males rank lower in the society. 
Well, that explains yeah. why Whoopi is the only smart one. That is, how did you learn that? Or like, um, when did I that come I was taking an acting class and we had to do an exercise of like, um, embody an animal that you identify with. And some dude or somebody did a hyena and they're like, actually, fun fact, blah, 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 hyenas. <sighs> and I was like, oh, I looked it up and I was like, oh, that's so true. Um, and there's something about their laughs too, but I don't remember which one. Yeah. Mm. But yeah, <laughs> matriarchal society, which is so cool. Like that is so cool. Not accurate in this movie because <laughs> in this movie, these hyenas don't do anything, but just like follow Scar around. I know. Um, and I, that was another question I had was like, why Scar? Like what, why do they all like care about him? I think he manipulated them too. Yeah. To be like, I'll take care of you if you just trust me. Mm-hmm. He must have. I mean, of the rest of the animals in this movie just like come and go as they please. They're like, this shit over here, Pride Rock, now that scars and <laughs> this shit is not fun. We're going to go over to this water basin over here. I was confused why Scar wanted to be king so badly if he was just going to sit around and do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Just for the power, because he's like, yikes. I would say, just from knowing the two of you, everybody on this call, I feel like if we were to be given a position of power, our we spend so much, probably spend some more time thinking of like, if I actually had power, this is what I would do. Like, this right. is how I would fix situations. Right. I don't know that that's necessarily true for most people. I think most people are like, I would love for people to look at me and... and just be the whatever and even as performers i feel like that makes me want to vomit yeah (laughs) (laughs) truly it does yeah also i noticed how quotable this movie is how many quotes that the moment i heard them like echoed in my brain Mm -hmm. for a million times one of them was um first of all everything the light touches is your kingdom and the second one was when nala when they're deciding to go when simba's trying to lie about where they're going to go so that they can get away from their parents and he says the watering hole it just was so funny and Nala's like the watering <laughs> hole what is so great about the watering hole I don't know why that stuck out to me I was dying there's a couple of, uh, there was a, a couple puns that somebody had I think Zazu had that was hilarious I wish I would have written it down <laughs> um, but I was like over here not the birdie boiler <laughs> <laughs> but he says I was cry laughing I was like this is so stupid I love it <laughs> it was so then of course Mufasa saves them and they have the whole scene where he's like looking up at the stars and tells them about the kings who sit in the stars when I was watching this I was like I remember this being like a sad scene when I was a kid and not understanding why and then as an adult I was like he's literally saying like I'm gonna die I am mortal whenever you need me after I die like look at the stars Um, which then launches us right back without wasting any time right back into Scar singing be prepared with all these hyenas like which speaking of quotes in that there was a quote where they were like you know oh there'll be no king wonderful la 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 all the hyenas and then scar's like idiots i will be king <laughs> it's like to your point yes i'm like why why do you want this job this yeah. shit sucks yeah it's so stupid also hilarious that they're like we ain't got no king we ain't got no king and then he's like party's over bitches and they're like oh yeah yes yeah, my liege my liege my liege also uh for the quote i found the quote that i was talking about for zazu and it's really stupid and i'm so sorry he said i told the elephants to forget it (laughs) but they can't (laughs) hilarious and then he said the cheetahs are hard up but i always say cheetahs never prosper (laughs) (laughs) 
I think I might be Zazu. <laughs> <laughs> you might be. Oh, that is funny. We, as we rewatch these, I'm like, the job I really want is to write a Disney movie. Like, one, you write a movie that makes a, a bazillion dollars. Hopefully, you get paid for it. Like, uh, come, you know, sometimes I feel like writers, they're like, well, we'll give you a whatever as you write it. And then any profits, that doesn't really reflect on you. But every time I watch these movies, I'm surprised with how, like, actually laugh out loud moments I have sometimes sometimes I don't like but when we were watching Mulan Eddie Murphy and everything that happens in Mulan is <laughs> there's so much comedy in that movie and there's a lot in this one too before we move on any feelings about the constellation scene do we care do we, we think it was boring it was was it one of the moments you snoozed <laughs> Felicia <laughs> <laughs> it might be because while you guys were talking about be prepared I was like did I see that <laughs> Because I remember seeing it as a kid and being like, oh, gosh, it's so scary. Be prepared. It's so, like, um, beautiful. But I don't remember watching it yesterday and today. And I don't know if they, like, took it off of Disney+. Plus. What's happening to me? (laughs) (laughs) You you realize on the podcast you actually fell asleep both times. (laughs) (laughs) And you're sleeping right now. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, hmm. (laughs) <laughs> but I love that song. I do love Be Prepared. It is. Um, it's pretty good. I mean, the even even with all the scary, uh, like, insane references in the music video, I, I still watch it and be like, whew, they really got the point across, huh? Like, mm-hmm. this guy is a fucking nightmare. Um, speaking of, then we get to the stampede scene where... So we're going to have to take a moment because... Any thoughts before we dissect it? Zazu when um when it was happening and zazu was like i'm gonna go get help and then scar like maybe like pushed him up against the wall and he like passed out yeah i want to know did zazu just like for forget <laughs> Scar knocked him out or, like, oh yeah he could have also thought that he got like uh like Wrapped hit up? by the stampede or something mm. like yeah because I would, I wouldn't think that Scar is just gonna like blatantly hit me. You know, I would have been like, "Oh, I must have tripped." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I must have. Yeah, my or, wing must have gotten caught in an antler or something. You know. Nothing you mentioned. It maybe that's the reason he's in that weird rib cage jail for the rest of the movie oh, because he does know. know. Mm. But I've also never questioned that. I'm always like, "Yeah, I guess he gets jailed." <laughs> <laughs> I guess Zazu's kind of annoying. I I guess he goes into jail. That's also, how... I love I love when they put you they put people in jail in jail quote unquote and uh, they can easily slip out. <laughs> Get out Zazu so can slip through that bone. <laughs> um, I will say uh, I think this is why I used to have reoccurring nightmares about stampedes as a kid. I think it's I am sorry. And I think it's because of Lion King. <laughs> I'm sorry I made you do this of all the movies. I was like, which ones traumatize Yasmin the most? Let's do that one. No, I love it. I'm starting therapy, so I feel like this is practice. <laughs> one, congrats. I, I, um, one, congrats. And then two, on that note, I do think the major theme of this movie is trauma. When I watched yeah. it as an adult, especially during this scene, I was like, oh, this movie is about trauma. Yeah. Um, absolutely. And it starts with, so essentially the way the scene starts is that Scar goes, um, Scar essentially leads Simba out into the thing. He's like, I have a great surprise. Your dad will be here at any moment. I'm just going to leave you here. Um, and Simba trusts him because like Simba like kind of likes him. 
one they uh, uh, the hyenas sent all the what were they were they like wildebeest um, they scare all the wildebeest so that they stampede and chase Simba and then Scar goes to get Mufasa Mufasa comes back and the rest unfolds with essentially Muf- Scar killing Mufasa at the very end I will also say, when I was a kid, this stampede, I could feel the stampede mm-hmm. coming mm-hmm. as I watched it. It was so scary. Yeah. I mean, how do you, uh, how do you, how do you escape? You can't really. I mean, you have yeah. to go with the, and poor little Simba. He was so sad. He was trying really hard. He I was trying was really hard. Very brave in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Scar goes up to Mufasa, right? And it's like, oh, Simba's in the stampede. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oops. <laughs> Scar is so crazy. <laughs> he is a sociopath. He then, um, Simba, and a very heartbreaker, we were, there were tears shed, but in a scene where like Simba then finds his dead father and like tries to wake him up, I was like, that is traumatizing as also as a child I remember that scene very very well and then like curls up next to him and then to her point earlier Scar's like accidents happen when idiots make those accidents happen (laughs) (laughs) absolutely insane some people are sons some people are sons that murdered their father (laughs) (laughs) I think his first line to him was what have you done hits you in the gut and then without just full of like shame and trauma he just immediately runs he's like you need to run away now and then immediately this is the other part this is why i was like oh yeah this guy has this there's something up is then he sends him away it doesn't need to do any of that because then immediately he's like okay that's done go kill him like (laughs) i've had my fun it was bonkers i think what got me at first is even when Mufasa was like dangling on the side and he like had his claws in Mufasa and he makes direct eye contact and it's like bye (laughs) (laughs) like he looked directly into his eyes and they killed him and then just came down there and waited a while and was like damn Simba you really fucked up yeah (laughs) and then he's like run yeah yeah what it was every choice was the most demonic thing that you could have chosen to do also but why are the villains so lazy like then scars tells the hyenas go kill him right and they're like it's too hard (laughs) anyway (laughs) (laughs) the more we go through the more i relate (laughs) i'm like thorns thorns what's he gonna do he's this big he'll die out there (laughs) (laughs) i think it's Uh, so funny (laughs) at break don't want to talk about the weather or the pandemic me either no wrong answers non-burning questions to kickstart conversations is a conversation card game where you can ask life's least pressing but most important questions why talk about vaccine rates when you could debate questions like which cereal mascot would be the best kisser or you own a boutique candle shop what is your least popular scent these are the burning questions you should be asking this card game is created by two of my 
friends, my personal friends, Paula Skaggs and Josh Linden. Yes, I have friends talented enough to create a card game. And if you love me, you love them and you'll love this game. No Wrong Answers is a deck of 70 plus conversation starters that you'll come back to and debate over and over again. This is great for dinner parties. It's great for Zoom happy hours, first dates, classrooms, prison visits, fast food drive throughs It literally, there's no place that these conversation starters won't work. Holidays are right around the corner somehow. And this would make a great gift. It would make a great thing to put out on the table to, you know, generate conversation between you and your family. You know how hard it is to catch up after you haven't seen each other in the year. What are you going to talk about? The fact that you share blood? No. You're going to reach for one of these cards and you're going to get the conversation started. And... If it doesn't get better than that, a portion of the proceeds go to the Greater Chicago Food Depository. I mean, come on. Listeners can use the code TRIDENT for 10% off of their purchase. Go to NoWrongAnswersGame.com. Once again, NoWrongAnswersGame.com. And use TRIDENT for 10% off your purchase. I mean, come on, y'all. This is fun talk and... Not small talk. Let's go grab a wildebeest. Let's all just have some lunch over a wildebeest. <laughs> and I wonder go. why Scar just didn't kill him himself. Like, did he just get off on making people feel bad? But like, because he killed Mufasa. Why did yeah. he kill Simba is my question. Um. Yeah, I don't know. That's why it seemed like such a heinous choice. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to kill people, you might as well kill multiple, you know? Yeah be about like what's that saying or like um don't say what you mean like be what you like whatever mm-hmm. actions speak louder than words if you really want to kill him just kill him mm-hmm. yeah he probably felt like his beef was with mufasa and then the only used- thing that he was standing in the way from was mm-hmm. him yeah he's like go handle my light work when really it was like what yeah yeah lessons learned scar <laughs> Timon and Pumbaa are introduced, a meerkat and a warthog, and they rescue Simba. They find him collapsed in the desert, and um, they chase away, like, these vultures, and then they take him over to, like, some shade and a watering hole, and they meet him. Um, something about Timon and Pumbaa, because they were such a big deal to my childhood, just warm my heart when I see them. Like, yeah, when they thunder in. Nathan Lane plays, um, what's his face? Uh, Timon. Timon, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's just every time I hear Nathan Lane's voice, I'm like, oh, ooh, I'm happy. <laughs> this morning we stopped. Andy had was watching the birdcage for the first time. So we ooh. stopped watching the birdcage with Nathan Lane and then immediately Lane. like and halfway through the movie, you're like, Nathan Lane's here again. <laughs> <laughs> it felt like you like went to the corner to grab a uh, iced tea or something and then had just come back. <laughs> Um, I, but I love Timon and Pumbaa. Even as an adult, I was like, mm-hmm. these are cool people. Yeah, they're cool people that also hadn't processed their trauma. Their version of processing trauma was, you know what? We're just like not going to think about it. But yeah. That's okay. <laughs> hey, like that's that's whatever. been my like. Uh, <laughs> that's what's got me through. Hakuna <laughs> yeah, Matata. So, no worries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, also, Timon is like the the quintessential. Um, there's a term that's come up on this podcast before called heat-peating when men will hear women say an idea and then they'll repeat it as though 
it doesn't even register to them that somebody else has already introduced that in this meeting. So like Sarah Blance would always tell every time we would do sketch, she was the first one to ever point it out to me. She'd be like, you know, like when we do sketch X person, X, Y, Z, I will say an idea. And then he will say that same idea as though it was a new original (laughs) thought for him, which is like Timon's whole bag is like he hears something and then he's like uh, a lion protecting us that's outrageous a lion protecting us that's my greatest idea <laughs> so funny so stupid um, and then they introduce Hakuna Matata uh, which is where we've seen your, uh, the awkward phase of Simba it's so cute it is cute and it's also like they're eating those bugs I remember thinking as a kid like those bugs look delicious <laughs> <laughs> only me okay protein, okay. Protein, okay. protein only me protein. the the bugs being delicious is only me thank yes. you yes they reminded me of this is so gross now that i say it a lot i hear it but they reminded me of gushers like like they were brightly colored and they were like all juicy and stuff i was like i bet bugs taste like gushers <laughs> huh the way he described it though at one point where he was like ooh this one has the cream in the middle it reminded me of like those heart chocolates with like a bunch of different kinds and being Mm -hmm. like oh there's jelly in this yeah Uh, that's how I felt like he was describing it and when they were when they brought it up I couldn't help but think like oh yeah I guess like you had they do have to kill something to eat it like Mm. even though they're like because I think he's a lion and they were like potentially prey for him. I, I couldn't help but feel like, oh yeah, I guess they're like, yeah, don't eat us. Eat these bugs. Like eat. Yeah. This is how you're going to survive. And then he does grow to be a full grown lion just eating bugs. What blew my mind though is like while he picked up like the bug to eat it, it looked like bugs from like later animated movies. Yeah. And I'm like, oh no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, like the little, like the little bug in Mulan, little oh, the cricket. Yeah, uh, they. It was also like the bugs had full like designs and stuff. Like some of the bugs looked like beautiful. They were mm. gorgeous. <laughs> they had like print fabric as their shells. <laughs> um, but I guess that's just what we call the circle of life. <laughs> Um, by the way the circle of life is a jam I always think like do kids know or like do Gen Z realize how big of a deal circle of life was for us like I remember when the Disney channel did like everybody who worked for them like come out together you're each going to sing one line of the circle of life and then we're going to play it as a commercial do you remember that Mm -mm. no so when I was I was probably like 13 or 12 or something like um, everybody from That's So Raven, everybody from Sweet Life or um, Sweet Life of Zack and Cody, I think, or maybe or like whatever those Disney mm-hmm. Channel movies were, mm-hmm. uh, like Lizzie McGuire, even oh, Stevens, yeah. mm-hmm. they had one. I don't know what it was for, but each actor had to sing one line of Circle of Life as like a re-released version of the circle of life. And then they would play it as a commercial, the music video, but they would play it as a commercial. Oh, like the oh. full thing would be a commercial in between. Oh yes, 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 yes. Now I'm remembering. Wow. There are some things I pack away deep into yeah. my brain and never oh. think about. I remember oh also God. it was so interesting to me because they were singing like a bowling alley. And I was like, I don't understand what that means. And I also couldn't understand why the commercial was playing. Like there was no 
<laughs> they weren't selling anything. It was just like, we have a bunch of actors who can sing. Um, but I loved it. As a, a kid, I was their like... audition tape. <laughs> their yeah. audition tape for Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> um, so another note I wrote down was... Um, Home is where your rump rests. <laughs> yes, that's cute. I know. I want th- that to be my um lower back tattoo. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I thought you were going to say like a mat. Like Yeah. I mean, it would be a nice mat. Like home is where... That would make more sense, I guess, Felicia. Huh? <laughs> like my lower back tattoo. Home is where your rump rests. <laughs> Here comes the rump. I was recently asked like what tattoo I would get coming out of my crack. And that one, I said flowers originally, but maybe it's that. It's in, it's in like uh, calligraphy. Yeah, and it's it like enter, and it like kind of goes up your back and like <laughs> like down over across your shoulder. And that sounds gorgeous. <laughs> okay, I'm not taking Felicia to the tattoo shop. <laughs> I'm gonna come out like. <laughs> I know. I have a friend who. Um, she at the time she asked me if she should get this and I encouraged it because I thought it was a great idea and it's a uh, and she got it which is a tattoo of a gravy boat pouring gravy and since she's gotten it we're the only two who thought it was a good idea <laughs> she still stands by it she's still like it's so funny she and loves, great oh my god <laughs> um <Good> story <laughs> so I also wrote down I did write down in my notes Simba has trauma because I felt like at, the more we mm-hmm. talked about it the more I was like this kid is really this is what this movie's about is like he was traumatized by his uncle and then he bl- blames it on himself and then spends literally and I don't know if the span between him being a, a like a cub and an adult is like one year or if it's like 16. The movie doesn't really clarify. They never clarify the time. Yeah. But he, like, essentially it, like, informs and stays with his life this entire time. Um, then, uh, grown-up Simba rescues Timon and Puma from Hungry Lioness, who turns out to be Nala. Uh, she and Simba reunite, and they fall in love, and she urges him to return home, telling him that the Pride Lands have become drought-stricken wastelands under Scar's reign. A few things. Mm-hmm. One... And I'm not defending Scar. I don't... If anybody listens to this, I don't want anybody to think I'm defending Scar. But give me a couple moments to defend Scar. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) The fact that it's not raining, I was like, how's that Scar's fault? Like, what... I mean, it seems to be magic, because when Simba came back, the clouds parted, and they were like, finally! But, um... One, it was... I was like, oh, shit, what's he doing that is, like, fucking up everything for everybody? Um, And two, whenever they they immediately find each other. She's trying to kill Pumbaa. And then they're like, oh, Nala? And she's like, oh, Simba! Pumbaa, come on out! Meet my friend! I was like, she was trying to kill me two minutes ago. (laughs) I absolutely don't want to meet her. (laughs) Like, it's fine that it's your friend. We don't need to be friends. You know what I mean? We can go to lunch separately. (laughs) Yeah, I think as far as, like, the... um, It not being Scar's fault, I think his negative energy um, had a lot to do with that, right? Because yeah. he's very spiritual and like, mm-hmm. you know, energetic. Um, and he wasn't manifesting rain, he was manifesting famine. So yeah. I think that's why they blamed him because they're like, at least ask the gods for it some, makes sense. a sprinkle, you know? It makes sense. And also like, if I'm one of the lionesses and I'm like, okay, so since you've taken over, nothing will fucking grow here why don't you take a week off and we see what happens? You know what I mean? Like, see if something sprouts. 
and then we'll know yeah. what the problem is. <laughs> oh, can you feel the love tonight? Mm. It's a beautiful song about them falling in love and and reconnecting, um, and then essentially is just causing a lot of confusing feelings for Simba. Simba then runs out into the field and looks up at the stars and like is screaming for his father for advice. And then we meet Rafiki, who we've seen like glimpses of throughout the movie, him doing something like unexplained. It's like, oh yeah, I just draw Simba on my wall. And then we, he's revealed that he's the shaman of the Pride Land. What were your feelings of Rafiki when you first saw him rewatching as an adult? I was like, they got this Jamaican monkey. <laughs> They got this Jamaican monkey running around talking about squash banana and like (laughs) saving these hoes. It was like, is this racist? And then I was like, it's 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 not. But I was also like, maybe it is though. Yeah, yeah. Rub me a little bit the wrong way. I want to say, and let me see if there's a because you know Wikipedia, all the drama happens in the controversy tabs. other controversies I want to say I, you are not alone in this that other people also felt like this was really weird that his one his accent doesn't seem like and he's not having Afri- like yeah. speaking in complete sentences either yeah. it's very like gibberish almost did other people notice this whenever it came out or is it something that now that we're having more you know um, constructive and like our eyes are opened a little more as societally and we have these conversations more regularly that now we're like okay actually now that I rewatch this this shit is kind of problematic yeah i feel it's like a little bit of both like i think some people at the time like some parents were probably like what (laughs) okay yeah (laughs) or just not even watching and like their kids just like consuming all of this yeah and also like um oh here we go protests were raised against one scene that appears that the words sex were in but okay <gasps> i remember that yeah. that's a little I, I also love people's fascination with like disney and their subtleties surrounding sex and like like the penis on the cover of little mermaid yeah it's like oh, you guys are the ones who are horned up and seeing this there <gasps> so there's only one tagline and it talks about um rafiki and the hyenas but it's literally the film has been criticized for race and class issues with the hyena scene as reflecting mm. negative stereotypes of black and Latino ethnic communities, mm. which I don't know that I felt maybe it's because I know Whoopi Goldberg's voice and I know Cheech's voice like so that I was just like, I just instead became immediately focused on like, Oh, Whoopi Goldberg and, and stuff. But now that I read it out loud, I'm like, you know what? Actually? Yes. Like the more I think about it, but Rafiki, I definitely, when he came on screen, I was like, okay he doesn't really speak he's kind of like mystical and and everything is just sort of like well, he has the answers because he's a shaman and that's yeah. and shamans just show up with all the information also there was when i first noticed it was the scene where he just like reaches out and grabs dust out of the air and then puts it in a bowl and like muddles it up and it's like a face. simba <laughs> also i love that felicia was like he was jamaican because it clearly takes place in like africa <laughs> <laughs> yeah so many different dialects you can pick from it and when they're like well i think we have the guy who who did sebastian still on call give him a ring bring him in what yeah oh. i i will say though too like um i think we they want us to hate these characters right 
But I'm like, how can we dissect like what a villain is? Because sometimes I think that's, you know, Simba could have been the villain or Mufasa could have been the villain if they like if it's the way that you look at it and like carry that. It's like, why are we uplifting these people who are making these mistakes and like calling these other people villains? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And making them dark. Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> there, there was a moment where uh, when Nala is trying to say, like, you have the ability to come back and like fix everybody's life that you ever loved right. like the people who raised you you are the only person right in all of the pride lands that can come back here and right. we can tie this shit up and be done with it so in very and then, basic terms it's i will not come save my people yeah. which sounds like a villain to me <laughs> like, uh, you know what i mean the part that really got me and i hate i think i hate this in real life which is maybe something i should examine but he does this thing where he's like I hate in storytelling or like when people are like, I can't explain this to you. You would just never understand. I'm like, what does that mean? What could it possibly be so complicated that like you have to refuse to tell her? Like, why don't you say like, yeah, I, and from his perspective, like I killed my dad in a stampede yeah. and she could be like, that's not technically your fault. Like, well, you were, right. we were, whatever. I, but I think it could be, it could be um, that it's just he has so much shame and guilt surrounding it that uh, for himself that he judges himself for it that the tiniest little drop of shame or guilt that potentially someone else could give him for it will just send him completely over the edge. Yeah, he's uh, um, he's been spiraling for years. Yeah, <laughs> he's still stuck in it, and he's like, "There's no way out of this." Yeah. yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I'll practice my empathy. Thank you. Well, also, too, just to go back to, like, the villain thing, like, okay, uh, when you were saying that um, Nala was, like, go gonna eat uh, Timon and Pumbaa, Pumbaa, right? Uh, yeah, Pumbaa. Pumbaa. Uh, and, and then they were like, oh, it's just my friend, come meet them. It's like, okay, another villain, like, you're gonna make me, I just experienced a trauma, and you're gonna make yeah. me, like, uh, force me to be like overlook first of all you're overlooking everything I just experienced you're negating my experience and yeah. come on man <laughs> <laughs> now that as I hear you talk about it it sounds very similar to my experience of like being gay in high school where I'm like people would bully me and then if I can make them laugh or if I could like quickly be like oh, bruh, 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 and then they'd be like <laughs> He's actually cool. Hey, pull over a chair. Let the let the funny gay sit down. <laughs> like, okay. Bought myself another day. Um, <laughs> uh, eventually, though, uh, Simba does decide to go back to Pride Rock and essentially confront Scar. Um, and we truly get to see, like, how desolate it... I mean... <laughs> when Tamal was like, you came back... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and then also though when Timon was then like if it's important to you then it's important to us I was like that's that's what I aspire to be I aspire to be less critical and more like if this is important to you and it makes no sense to me that is that's fine like, they let's... showed like the best parts and the worst parts of friendship like this yeah. and the like um, I want to help you like succeed, whatever it is. But then also the like, there's trauma. <laughs> Just for yeah. yeah, you want to fall in love? <laughs> that doesn't work great for us. <laughs> yeah, what about us? 
Yeah. Well, I, I think they just didn't want to have to deal with uh, uh, Simba's trauma because then that would have to bring up their own, you know? And oh, then, yeah. Oh, I'm not trying to do that. I'm just yeah. trying to die yeah. never having talked about it. <laughs> yeah. Also, I thought it was funny when they were like, you're the king? <laughs> Like, we've been farting in front of the king. <laughs> you know, like, I've been giving shit to the king for these last what twelve months to twelve years. So, um, here, let me find back in our plots. Essentially, whenever he goes back, uh, allied by his friends, Simba sneaks past the hyenas, Pride Rock, and confronts Scar, who uh, was about to fight Sarabi, his mother. Um, which was like, Scar is so fucked up. He brings her up on this rock with all these hyenas and is like, where's the food? And she's like, you ruined it for all of us. And he's like, well, what if I fight you? And she was like, okay. Like, what? <laughs> what do you, what's that going to do? Um, Scar taunts Simba over his role in Mufasa's death and tries to publicly, like, I guess, reveal this thing that would cause him to be ashamed enough to maybe either step down or just take the power over Simba. Um, and then, enraged, Simba forces him to show uh, the truth to the rest of the pride, which is essentially like he forces Scar to say, like, no, you killed them. And then this huge fight breaks out. Since I've been doing this podcast, one thing I can say shows up in Disney movies a lot is a fight scene at the end where all the animals or inanimate objects or all the beak, the, the extras who have been waiting for their time to shine get to fucking shine. Like, like when Timon and Pumbaa, first of all, there is a scene where Timon is in drag and I was very, I was like, thank you, Pride Month. Um, it is Pride Rock. And uh, then there was a moment where like they bulldoze in, they like sort of like, similar to a bowling ball going down a thing like oh you hear these bowling pin noise like (laughs) all these hyenas were flying in there i we were dying we thought it was so funny i could not stop laughing at the slow motion fight between scar and (laughs) and when simba first slapped the shit out of scar i was like this this is good they play it was edited very much the way they like if you ever watch The Real Housewives, when they get into a fight, you see it kind of in, in real time first, and then you kind of get like a slow motion, like, and this was very much like, okay, so he hit him first, and then now we know, oh, here comes the other one. Ooh. It was, it was, Andy was like, duh. I was really into it, and then Andy goes, you know this is ridiculous, right? And I was like, oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah, there is a lot of slapping. I'm, I'm rewatching it now, and there's a lot of slapping going on. So funny, and it's so slow motion. And it's like not what we've seen in animation today and watching that. Yeah. It's hilarious. And also also because I've been watching these movies in chronological order, it was, I would say the first time a slow motion animated fight has been introduced. Maybe ever. I don't know if that's true. Uh, Definitely in my experience, I was like, oh yeah, I've never seen this before. So there's a scene because Scar is inevitably like the most manipulative person in the room. Right before Simba's killing him, he's like, no, 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 no. Everything you've ever experienced was not true. It was actually these guys. Yeah. These guys who've been doing my head. To- they were in charge of it the whole time. That's why I'm king, because they don't want to do it themselves. Mm-hmm. So, of mm-hmm. course, they nominated me. And then they overhear that. So then whenever um, S- Scar essentially falls from this cliff, mm-hmm. they're like, we're about to tear your face. ass up. Um, another thing is when he was blaming... Sarabi for like not having any food like they weren't able to find food I was like eat the hyenas they suck 
Yeah. Like, eat there. Eat them. If you gotta eat somebody. Um, so, Simba spares his life. Oh, yeah. So, Simba essentially spares his life so that we can see that, okay, Simba's a good guy. He literally says, I'm not like you. Mm-hmm. Which, the more and more I watch these movies, the more and more times that is so heavy-handed in a Disney movie where it's like, I... I have every reason to do exactly what you would do in this situation, but I choose to be different. And then immediately, of course, Scar tries to attack him and then comes to his own demise. Afterwards, the clouds part, the rain comes down, (laughs) there's like a gust of wind and all of a sudden there's greenery everywhere. That's not how grass works. That's not how how trees work. And then um, they're back to the circle of life and Simba and Nala have an assumed child as well who will be the next king of Pride Rock. If there's one thing I always love, it is somebody lifting up something like a baby or like an animal <laughs> up and singing the circle life. I think I Honestly, will forever love that. It is. Um, it, it's a reference that every single person, and it never gets old because it's so good. <laughs> I'm going to start going to Target and doing that to just random objects. <laughs> the circle <laughs> Um, she's holding shrimp. <laughs> Mom's like, it is a circle of life, though. It is a circle, and then the kid, of course, has no re- no reference of it, and is like, adults are insane. Sometimes, do you ever? This is a side note. Do you ever like rewatch something or think of something? Like, I do this a lot when I listen to like music. Like, I was listening to the Usher the other day, and I was thinking. When I was young, I used to hear adults sing something that I had no recollection and felt so left out, felt so much mm-hmm. like, oh, that's a memory that I won't have because that's from their, when they were my age. I find myself as an adult having moments like that of like, this is something that somebody younger than me would have mm-hmm. no connection to. Yeah. I felt that a lot watching this movie. I feel like any Little John song. <laughs> Any, honestly, <laughs> any rapper R&B from the 2000s, because, like, I feel like rapping R&B from the 90s is really coveted as, like, the the best of the best, so people know that stuff, but then, like, mm. walk it out. Nobody knows who DJ Unk is. Mm-mm. But that was so informative to our, gen- like, that it song really was on was. every day. Yeah. I th- had that same thought, Felicia, when I listened to Freak a Leak, uh. <laughs> Pete Pablo. I was like, nobody knows these women's names anymore that he's or- rapping this. Yeah, like, ugh. If you say that to any, like, anybody, any Gen Z, like, take your shirt off, swish her on your head, they'll be like, okay, are you, did I consent to do that? Yeah. As they should. As they should. As they should. In the same vein, too, like, um, Luca just came out on Pixar, and Mm -hmm. it's just so reminiscent of, so far from what I've seen, I haven't finished it. I'm like 25 minutes in, but it's reminiscent of The Little Mermaid. Very. We started watching. We're probably about twenty five minutes into. That's crazy. You say that. We we got high last night and watched it, and it was so dazzling that our my high hit right when he was. I don't want to spoil anything, but like right when he enters the surface for, yes. for the first time, yeah. And we had to turn it off because I was overwhelmed. I was like, can we just turn on Grey's Anatomy? <laughs> like, we'll get back to it. <laughs> I just need to see people fight about something that is ridiculous. You just said my love language is Grey's Anatomy. <laughs> I, it is so good. How Shonda Rhimes is so good. How does everything be so insane, right? But feel so normal. Yeah. Like, what could, Meredith Grey has been through more things than... She should be dead. Who is the Meredith Grey of Lion King? 
Um, Simba. I, I guess Simba. Honestly, probably like, you know who it it is? It's um Simba's mom. Oh. It was like her husband dies, and then her kid dies, then her like brother in law is on some ego trip, and then he like <laughs> forces them to like just try essentially pluck the pride lens dry, then brings her up on this thing and tries to humiliate her, and then tries to fight her. Yeah. Did he she push needs her? Like, how did she fall? I'm trying to remember that. I think he like hits her. I think he like mm. backhands her. Back pause her. Jesus. <laughs> he loves doing that to people. For Zazu, Simba's mom. He's, he is a fan of a slap. I also thought their butts were really funny when they walk. Their butts bounce because that's how lions' butts move. But I just think it's funny every time they have that dip in their back and then their butts are like funny. Um, are there, um, uh, with Scar, are there like fan theories that Scar is gay? Oh, so let's get into, so we've reached the end. Let's get into some of the questions that we ask because that is a okay. phenomenal observation. But instead, we're going to skip right to how Disney is it, which is a series of questions we ask when we're trying to formulate like what makes a Disney fairy tale? What commonalities come into Disney fairy tale? Now, we started with these with some pretty generic things that like I've Googled. Um, mm-hmm. But as we have done them, we have found that there are questions we can ask. So I'm going to ask these questions to you and all you need to do is sort of give the answer. There could be a right answer. There might not be a right answer. And we can discuss if there's discourse to be had. Um, so do we, one, do we have a young hero? Yes. Yes, right? We have Simba. Mm-hmm. Question two. Is the dad hot? Yes. <laughs> he is. <laughs> I mean... I, he, yeah, I th- I'm going to vote hot. That okay. deep voice. That yeah, big body. Yeah, he does have a deep voice. Yeah. 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 yeah, you're J- right. You're right. <sighs> and he, I do think it's hot when somebody sacrifices their entire life for you. So yes, <laughs> and he's he's pretty like a pretty stand up guy. Like his brother's yeah. an absolute asshole, but he's like, we're gonna love him through it. I don't know how yeah. to get. He has that yeah. moment where he's like, I just don't know how to reach him. And then Zazu's like, he'd make a great throw rug. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, so ah. um, yeah, decent decent hot dad. Uh, two or three. Do we have an absent T parent or is the is the um the hero experiencing some level of loss with their parent of course that's what the whole damn movie is about um which i don't know when disney decided like oh yeah to be relatable everybody has to have lost a parent um because it is truly in every movie and we can't get away from it yeah and typically father well maybe someone who loses their mother but it's like we did Ariel. Ariel has no mother that we ever talk about or, yes. or yeah. do. Yeah. And then um Belle, also we don't know where her mother is or Oh yeah, mother. They don't refer to her. Um we did do Milan because we're doing them a little bit out of order. We did do Milan and she was one that where both of her parents are are in the movie and question four. Who's the narc? Every Disney movie has a narc. Is it Zazu? I would say Zazu. They tend to write these characters, which I love. Um, they tend to write one character whose whole deal is that they're uptight, they can't have fun, and they tell on everybody. Uh. <laughs> and the more and more we do these movies, the more and more we find, like, yep, there's the narc. Zazu. So, like Sebastian and Little Mermaid. Sebastian and the Little Mermaid, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, to some extent, the horse and Beauty and the Beast. I mean, it would probably be more Cogsworth, but... Um, Question five, how gay is the villain? Okay. Gay. 
Yeah, so I'm looking through some <laughs> scar quotes right now, and I think the gayest thing he could have said was, "I'm surrounded by idiots." <laughs> I Let's think he could be bi. I think Scar could be bi. <laughs> he very well could. He is very. Yeah, yeah. When Andy and I went to last time we went to Walt Disney World, we were talking about the villains because we we you never see them. You always see the princesses, and you're like, "Oh, now that I think about it, every Disney villain is gay." Yeah. Every single one. Ursula is based off of a drag, literally based off of a drag queen. Yeah. Divine, I mean, right? mm-hmm. it's um, and um, also he does fully slap everybody. That's his major form of fighting is an open hand slap. <laughs> also, this this other quote, which is super shade, which is <laughs> just between us, you might want to work on that little roar of yours. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, another one. Oh, Zazu, do lighten up. Sing something with a little bounce in it. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine Mufasa saying that? It's so funny. Oh, he is—he oh, is, he is in- incredibly gay. The moment he—he he doesn't even walk. He saunters. Yeah. <laughs> Question uh, six: Does the villain have? Does the villain have sidekicks? And are they idiots? Apps, I feel absolute. Yes. He literally yes. says, calls them idiots. Um, seven, do we have a magical item that like perpetuates the whole story moving forward? Yeah, I would say so, right? It's the vision of uh, Rafiki. Yeah, I would say it's, it's Rafiki himself, <laughs> or Rafiki even himself. Mufasa coming through the clouds in that moment right. of, right? You know, whatever. Um, one or uh, question eight is there a horse? No. Not particularly. Uh, is um, who would play the hat horse though? Is there a horse? Like which character horse? fills the horse? Um, probably freaking Ed. Oh. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, oh, then this is another one. Okay, which character of this movie has the energy of Rosie O'Donnell? Oh my. <laughs> so funny <laughs> Andy when we first watched the first one Andy just fully believed a character was Rosie O'Donnell and it was not at all like it couldn't have been further from the truth but he so now we ask every oh, Disney man. movie there's a character who has the energy of Rosie O'Donnell I mean oh I want to I want to say Zazu again but I don't know I think it's a mixture of Zazu and someone else I really got the energy of Rosie O'Donnell from Pumbaa. Oh, Pumbaa, yeah, it's Pumbaa. Pumbaa right. very much could have been Rosie it's O'Donnell. Pumbaa, yeah. Because I at first I was thinking Timon, and then I was like, I can't see anybody other than Nathan Lane being Timon. Yeah. And then Pumbaa is just so funny and just <laughs> has the has Rosie O'Donnell's energy. Um, <laughs> That's it. But then that is the end of Lion King, one of the most uh, influential. Uh, it was budgeted it with $45 million. It ended up wow. making, in total, $968 million. That's crazy. Wow. And that counting. Is, <laughs> and counting. Um, it has also had a live-action remake. Have either of you seen the live-action remake? Unfortunately. I have not either, and I don't have... It has so many people I love in it, and I still just don't care to watch it. It makes me very sad. Is it the one with Beyoncé? It's the one yes, with Beyoncé and, like, and Childish Gambino and... What kills me is, like, with voiceover work like that, you get so many chances to retake. And yeah. she sent in one take. 
I mean, would you ask Beyonce to do it again? Absolutely. Oh, she's she's a performer and she knows. So it blows my mind that she doesn't know her voice. I feel like she's in that level of where people are just so intimidated. Sometimes somebody, I forget who gave me a note once. They were like, you know, just so you guys know, when you start directing and stuff, even at our level, there are going to be people you work with who you feel like you respect them so much that you don't want to give them a note. But every person wants notes and I do think you get to a certain like a Beyonce level where people are like who is going to give her the note meanwhile Beyonce is probably like am I doing this right could somebody give me some guidance here yeah thank you both so much for being here any any final thoughts on um, an adult who would be rewatching Lion King any advice you would give them uh, going back into this this movie specifically yeah yeah this movie specifically any adult that might listen to this podcast and think you know what i'm gonna give it a rewatch now after hearing everything we've said about it i'd say it's a day watch absolutely i 100 agree yeah um i would say rethink how you view a villain and how you define a villain yeah rethink and also scar is hot <laughs> Oh, okay. Scar's the hot one. Oh. I can't be there with you. For that. Be there with you. It's because he has like, these green eyes. But it looks like he's in an indie band in Portland. He somewhere. does very much have that vibe of like Spin Magazine, Pitchfork, article yes. reviews. Yeah. Like I'm just like, oh, of course I'd love to grab a beer with you and what happened? And yeah. Can I fix you? <laughs> I, keep, I keep my Animal Collective concert ticket in my wallet and I tell a story about it every time I open it up very much yeah. every person I had a crush on in college um, I still go to Bonnaroo kind of guy you know oh my god Ooh, skateboarding into my 50s um, <laughs> man just um, not tight <laughs> and I would give the advice of be as high as possible everything is more fun when you're um, you're absolutely stoned uh, thank you both so much for being here thank you here. for having us Ah, um, 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 goodbye. Disney Adult is part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and other podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com. That is thetridentnetwork.com. And also, don't forget to follow Disney Adult on Instagram at at disney.adult.podcast.